is you used to drive that old busted joint. See, I drive the new hotness. Old and busted, new hotness. Hotness. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And today's topic is going to be the new hotness are old and busted. We're going to talk about some guys from the classes of 2017, 18, and 19. And do we think the year of 2020 is going to be their year of the new hotness, where they break out and finally become contributors to our dynasty rosters? Or are they old and busted and just really destined to be journeymen and people that we really don't have a lot of faith in the both the short and the long term? But I'll tell you a guy that I've had a lot of faith in for a real long time. He is my co-host. You know him as Jerry Sinclair. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry, what is going on, kid? Right. Randy, Randy, Randy. Listen to this. All right. So I, I'm younger than you. I'm like your little brother. But if there's that, one that I thing, never wanted. No, but that's fine. You never you never usually want your younger brother. But you have taught me, you have put me under your wing, and you have guided me towards manhood. And when you were talking drinks, you always talk about bourbon. Randy, I am not kidding you that I went out of my way to buy some Maker's Mark. And I said, because I was looking, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to expand my horizons a little bit. And I said, Randy, this is what Randy drinks, so I'm going to be Randy for the day. And you are going to be able to tell on this show, because we, we record the intro after we talk to the guests, we don't want to bother them with this. So you will potentially hear my voice get louder as it goes, and I may curse a little bit more. So just be warned that we do have a monster of a guest and one of my favorite people in this industry, and I know he's one of yours too. But whenever he comes on, we never sort of rein him in. He has a little bit of a reputation. Uh, so this one is going to be not safe for work, not safe for your kids. Most likely there is going to be a few bad words, just a warning. Now, if you are in the car with the kids, this may not be the episode. What you should do, if that is the case, there is a certain war zone podcast that is coming out. If Randy wants to talk about that, they just got released on Wednesday. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah, if you missed the Wednesday's pod and, and you just search for Jerry Sinclair and you wanted the good good that is my co-host, I, I dig it. I, I completely dig it. Um, but I did say in the intro on Wednesday that the uh, the foulest of languages are, is coming to the Dynasty Wars and we will change the rating. Um, nothing of an adult content if you smell what I'm stepping in, but the, the, the four-letter words are going to flow. 
it's just the way that I talk. It's the way that Jerry talks. It's the way that our guests talk. And that's the way that we're going to go tonight. There's probably a 8, 10, 12 four-letter words. It, it just bees that way sometimes. And we, we don't want to run you off, but we're also just, you know, we want to make you feel like you're sitting in on a conversation between Jerry, myself, and Shane as if we were all sitting around in a bar when that's acceptable again with our masks on while drinking a beer. But speaking of the show on Wednesday, man, yeah, man, we had Rosalie Michaels of the Wisecracks podcast, man. She was great. Uh, we had interacted a little bit on Twitter. I had caught a couple of her podcasts and I wasn't sure what I was going to get, man. And, and she brought straight fire. She put me in my place. She didn't like my Arizona Cardinals uh, season win bet. Uh, she, she said she likes Josh Jacobs for Dynasty. She had some Dynasty takes. She had some redraft takes. She gave some really, really fantastic overall gambling advice. And that's what the gambling show is going to be. Until we can find some permanent uh, co-hosts to go along with myself and Dr. Kyle, we're just going to reach out to some people in the gambling industry, some people in the DFS industry, as we get ramped up for the regular season. But man, that Wednesday show was a shit pile of fun. See, there you go. I'm, I'm already cursing. And normally the gambling show will be on Friday and the Dynasty show will be on Wednesday. This week, I know it's odd, the very first week we had to flip-flop them, but when you're booking guests and and the such, you got to try to work with people because they're they're helping us with, with our show. Speaking of shows, Jerry, I know you and Kane, Shane and Josh, sometime this month, we're going to get you guys behind the mics and you're going to give us a, so, some Debbie good good. You're going to talk about players opting out. I know Kane's heart was broken. Oh, with, poor with, guy. With the, with, with the word that Rashad Bateman is opting out. I've, I've heard some other big names or potentials. Uh, I think we'll be covering a lot of that and more, huh? Yeah, and... As much as I feel for Shane, or Kane because of the Rashad Bateman news, they just released the Big Ten schedules and we play Minnesota week one. So, <laughs> sucker. But hey, and no, I, I'm excited. And, and here's the thing I'm just going to listen to them because if there's one thing I can do, it's ramble on about nonsense for hours and hours and hours, as everybody knows that sits here and Facts. talks and listens to us. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm just going to let them do it and I'm just going to try and do my best, Randy. And try and keep us on the rails. And I, I just have to hope they're better than me at actually staying on the rails. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of, of staying on the rails, we'll try to get that show uh, on the YouTube live stream as well. So this week we, we've, we've been quite good. Uh, Tuesday night we, we were on the live stream on the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel with Rosalie. Um, may, maybe I'm biased, but, you know, uh, Nick Whalen maybe the only guest we've ever had that's more attractive you know nick's the man out there you know we love us some nick whalen here in the dynasty wars and nick's a good friend and i know he listens so i'm, I'm busting his chops but uh the live stream man he's uh, he's smiling while he's listening he, he, he is you know, he knows i'm busting his chops out there in uh in wisconsin uh but yeah R rosalie was on with us on tuesday and then shane the the show you're getting ready to listen to it streamed live wednesday night this is the complete podcast version but both shane and Rosalie dropped a lot of really goodness on us. And there's going to be a new Dynasty Happy Hour contractor this week. My guest's name is Tate. And we're going to take a spin through his league, see if we can help him. And if you want to see me on full tilt, Jerry, like like a like a pinball machine. You remember pinball machines, how they would tilt? Or you played poker with tilt? Yep. Dude, I, I did plenty of that. 
I went full tilt on the Word on the Streets podcast with Bob's Three Toad. If you go to Spotify or Anchor.com, uh, I listen to it on Spotify, uh, and just search Word on the Streets, it's right there. And myself, former co-host of this show, Mike Jernigan, and good friend Kyle August, we jumped on with Bob, and we were ranking quarterbacks for Dynasty. And let's just say that I had to defend some guys from the vicious, unjustified attacks of these savages. And I, and I had to drop the hammer on a couple of guys, including my old pal in Cleveland, number six. A couple of things real quick, and we'll get you guys to Shane. That's why you're here. You're here for the game show. You're here for the, you're here for the, uh, the trades that we're going to break down at the end. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We welcome the two Tims already this week. They're not wearing Tims. I mean, they could be. I mean, Timberland's a fine brand of footwear, but two gentlemen both named Tim have uh, recently joined in the past couple of days, so we thought we'd give them a little shout-out here on the show. We're wrapping up uh, the Patreon 6. And, Jerry, there's word of a Patreon IDP league. Now, are you in IDP? Yeah, uh, yeah you know me. Listen, they're, they're... They're gonna reel me in. They get they got me into the the charity redraft league too. I, I think it was JC who said he kept trying to get me to go in, and then as soon as I said I would in, he said, "Well, I was just trying to make you feel bad. I knew that would work." You son of a gun. So yeah, I'm sure I'll end up being in. Listen, here's the thing: I have to show all these people that I am actually far superior than all of them at this game. And yeah. then you look at my roster and. Wow, wow. You you did the thing that you always do, didn't you? Uh not entirely. I didn't entirely set my team on fire before it started. You you, you do know that productive struggle is not a strategy in like a, a season long league. Listen, not with that attitude, it's not. <laughs> uh any roster's good enough if you believe. All right, last thing, and if you believe you want a shot at a DK Metcalf jersey. This is the last pod you'll hear from the DWZ before we get that dude uh, live-streamed away on this coming Sunday, Sunday, August the 9th. Um, how do you get entered? Maybe you're listening for the first time or the second time. Or you came over from our buddy Kyle over at the Fantasy Football Smackdown. Real quick, hit pause on this show, regardless of listening platform. Leave us a five-star. In the comments, leave some way for us to get a hold of you. Leave a name. Leave a Twitter handle. Leave an email address. Don't be ballsy. Don't leave a phone number. I mean, you can, but that's not on us. And you leave that five-star for the Dynasty War Zone, boom. Entry number one. Go over to the Fantasy Football SmackDown feed in the exact same podcast player. Leave them a five-star. Boom. Entry number two. How do you get the mystery bonus third entry? Uh, this was inspired by our good friend Scott Fish, who does so much for charity. Just show us a picture of you doing good in the community, man. Um, coaching some Little League helping out at a nursing home, uh, donating your time. Maybe you help out at your church. All of these would get you the bonus third entry. You can send those pictures to me or to Kyle. You can send them to me over at the show email, which is dynastywarzone at gmail.com. Or you can send them to fantasyfootballsmackdown at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to get them. We're going to spend all day Sunday accumulating all of these entries we're going to put them in some sort of a drawing device, and we're going to draw for the DK Metcalf jersey here live on Sunday on the YouTube channel. Jerry, you are not eligible. Which is a bunch of crap, if I do say so myself. A load of hooey. I, 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 I tried to bribe Bullocks. Kyle. I tried to <laughs> come <Bullocks>. on. <laughs> 
Hogwash. That's what it is. Shenanigans. But yes, no. It, but but if you have already previously done a five-star review and want your shot at the jersey, hey, we're down. Just go over to wherever you left that review and re-review. Basically leave the five stars again, and then you get a chance to update your comments. And then you can just say, hey, I'm here for the jersey. And I'm cool with that too. Uh, we thank you for investing a little bit of your time and helping the show grow and reach new people. If you're interested in the Patreon or Trophy Smack, there are hyperlinks in the show bio on the podcast player you're listening to. But Jerry, let's get a quick word from our sponsors over at Trophy Smack and then get the man named Shane. Oh, let's get Shane. I love me some Shane. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today and not only will you get the best trophies in the game today you can get a free championship ring up to a 59.99 value by entering in the promo code dwz ring you pick out your trophy which one do you like you put it in the cart you add the ring to the cart you had the promo code DWZ ring makes the ring free and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring and let's have a big season. All right. Big thanks to our Sponsors over at Trophy Smack. Guys, August is the perfect month to go ahead and get your league's trophy or get your league's belt. And don't forget the code DWZ ring to get that free ring as a bonus prize for your league and the champion. Speaking of champions, man, we've got one in the house tonight. This guy is one of the co-hosts over at the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, as well as a writer for the DLF. And more than that, man, he is one of the OGs in helping me and my co-host Jerry with springboard ourselves as analysts. Uh, we were originally writers. We all go way back to the Dynasty Football Factory days, but you just know him as Shane. Uh, at Shane is the worst on Twitter. Shane, my friend, welcome back, buddy. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to be on. And yeah, we do go way back, man. Which, I mean, since your first day with Dynasty Football Factory and, and Jerry's too, because I remember Jerry had left somewhere else. And the day that he left, or I don't even know if he left there yet, to be honest with you, but I was all in his DMs like, hey, what's up, girl? What you doing? You want to come over to Dynasty Football Factory? Oh, man. Yeah, he's pimping. Listen, Shane will pimp anybody for anything. Do not let this man fool you while he's sitting there. Yeah, man, we, we go ways back, and you're two of my favorite dudes easily. Well, thanks for jumping. I remember, like, the first guy, he's like, here's where you submit your articles, and here's who you send them to, and don't be late and edit it. <laughs> And proofread your own stuff. And it was, okay, you got it, Mr. Shane, sir. But he, he has been pivotal in, in helping both of us. And um, we've all transitioned to different ways. The Dynasty Warzone is now its own entity, as well as we have some spinoff stuff going on, as uh, well as you guys over at the Dynasty Trades HQ with Sipes and Jeremy. Man, what's going on with you guys? You guys have been killing the guest list lately, man. Yeah, you know, Jeremy, um, it's funny because sometimes people reach out to me and be like, hey, I want to come on the show sometime. And I'm like, hey, that's awesome. I have nothing to do with that. So um, good luck. Um, 
Jeremy, that's my dude. He'll, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll reach out to people. Um, I guess he's got a friendlier dis- disposition than me. Um, you know, cause I would slide in someone's DMS and be like, come on my show ass face. Um, and that would probably not work. So Jeremy, yeah, he, he'll reach out to people, get them. And, um, I'm excited for some of the guests that we're going to have up soon. You know, we're going to have some people that we haven't spoken to yet before, um, on air. And I'm really stoked for that, getting some new viewpoints and, uh, some different voices out there in the community. I think that's the way to go. I, mean, I, I love having you on. Uh, we, we brought you back because it's been too long. And as we're transitioning the Dynasty War Zone now, I know that people are listening to this on Friday, where normally the War Zone Dynasty base show would be Wednesday. We had some scheduling conflicts this week. But I wanted to bring you on because we're really going to get into at least having a trade or two a week. Um, we're not going to go full-blown trades. That would be gimmick infringement on you guys over at the Dynasty Trades HQ. You guys give great trade advice. So we're going to do some of those at the end of the show. But today, man, I am going to play game show host. I am going to play Bob Eubank. If none of you old, none of you people remember Bob Eubank or Bob Barker or any of the classic game show hosts of the 80s and the 90s, then we're going to play a game today. So as you heard in the intro song... Um, the intro with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from the movie Men in Black. You know, we're going to talk about, is this the old and busted, or is this the new hotness? Now, at one point, all of these guys were rookies. They were, you know, the, the bell of the ball. And everybody's always going to be the new hotness. Just go back to 2020. Every one of those first round picks everybody's gonna hit you, you you couldn't miss now shane you can correct me if i'm wrong you've been doing this a little bit longer than i have i i, I think if the math is correct about 40 percent of your first round picks bust does that sound right 40 seems low i mean i guess if you're looking at the ranges um what's it your the, the first three or four picks usually there's a really high hit rate right so that drags the averages up um and then the further you get down in the first round obviously the worse those those hits get and then you get into the second round and it's like oh and then third and fourth it's like nope not 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 gonna happen this is not and then i loved it when people are like oh no 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 i targeted this guy in the third round like no you fucking didn't you lucked out like just just say what it is like you might have liked the guy but if you liked him that much you would you would have jumped for him in the first round stop it uh, yep, Jerry. Any, anything to add to that? I, I, I've always said fifty percent. One of the articles that I actually wrote many many moons ago was comparing rookie picks to gambling, and I said first round picks are about fifty percent. It's like if you play blackjack, stone cold perfectly, it's about a fifty fifty proposition. And I think the forty percent may come from the overall NFL first round, where when you add in the defensive players right. in the all thirty two, maybe that's where I got the forty percent. What about you, Jerry? Does forty fifty percent sound right to you? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, you guys haven't seen my dynasty teams. It's way the hell lower than that. Oh but. yes, I have. <laughs> Corey Davis, you motherfucker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. It's. It's and the problem is, is people no matter what. Whoever they get in the first round, they always think that dude's gold. Everybody speaks in absolutes in this game, and it drives me bonkers, man. And like Shane said, like I, I targeted them, man. Uh, to quote Randy, "Don't piss on my shoes and tell me it's raining." Like I don't want to hear your nonsense. And the 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 funniest part is is that if you go on Twitter most of the time, if they're talking about COVID, the NFL season, whether it's going to happen or not, the NBA bubble, ninety nine percent of these people are all doom and gloom. 
unless they have a player they like, and then they have nothing but sunshine and rainbows flying out their asshole. It's absolutely mind-boggling. It's like, do you hate everything except player X, whoever that is? It, it, it's confounding. But anyway, I'm going to get these two guys' opinions on a handful of players. Uh, these guys were drafted anywhere from the 2017 class all the way through 2019 and did not include the current rookies. We've yet to see them take the field. So the first one, we're going to go with a quarterback. He is going to be somewhat polarizing because a lot of people like him. I used to love him, and now I'm I'm a, a little bit heading the other way. So I'm going to start with our guest, Shane. Sam Darnold, is he going to, in 2020, is his career going to be the new hotness finally, or is he just old and busted at this point? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Adam Gase. Um, God damn it. I'm, I'm going to, if I had to jump into camp, it's going to be old and busted, um, even though he's still only 23 years old. Just, I think Adam Gase is just slowly sucking any chance that kid had of being a viable high end quarterback, um, fantasy or NFL quarterback, just sucking that right out of Sam Darnold. Another season with Adam Gase, I don't know that he's going to be able to survive it, and we might be looking at journeyman status after that. I mean, I hope I'm wrong because he's a guy that I really loved, and his tool set is really fun. Like, he's he's way more mobile than people get him credit for. Um, he's a good quarterback. It's just I think Adam Gase is a terrible, 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 terrible offensive mind, and we've seen what he does. He Everywhere he goes, the, you know, fantasy – fortunes dive and then as soon as people leave them they all of a sudden they're good you look at ryan Tannehill, you look at uh kenyan drake um there's two examples uh Devontae Devontae parker, parker finally yeah. breaks out when he when he's freed from the shackles of adam gase i know it's narrative but at some point I mean, at some coincidences point, yeah the ha- the habit the the consistency of it has to mean something right i hear you i i don't know like you said though he's 23 so I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but at the same time, like how shot is this man's confidence at this point? Because he's getting another year of Adam Gase and it's already, you know, he's seeing ghosts as it is. And now he's going to have another season of it. And so we'll go into what is fourth year when once they finally get someone that's not Adam Gase. And I'm supposed to expect that's when he's going to blow. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, like, like my gut says that he's not old and busted, but it, the risk, man, like, like the risk to bet on something that you had just have not seen. It's tough. That's a stretch. Yeah. And, and obviously anyone who's listening to this show for any length of time, you know what a fan of this young man I was coming out. Uh, but man, situation in life is everything. And, you know, if you go, if you believe in QB rating, uh, I know a lot of people use QBR. This is a guy over the last two years who has a worse QB rating than Mitch Trubisky. And we all know where Mitch Trubisky is going to be plying his trade next year somewhere other than Chicago. And the whole point of taking these young rookies, and remember, they gave up a fortune to the Colts to trade up and get this guy. You know, I I do agree with the fact that he is still young. He's younger than, than Joe Burrow. But I'm also agreeing with Jerry that his confidence is shot. I don't think he's going to be the new hotness in 2020. I think it's already time to consider him a journeyman, maybe like a mid to low end QB2 at this point in his career. So I've got to hit this guy with old and busted. All right, Jerry, I'm going back to you, man. Another guy, super, super polarizing right now in the 
in the offseason. He's gotten every new weapon under the sun, including a new offensive line help. It's Drew Locke, man. They, they gave this guy uh, a good slot receiver in K.J. Hamler. They gave him my favorite wide receiver pre-draft, Jerry Judy. They added his college teammate, Albert Okwabunum. And they already had Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton. Oh, and hey, why not? We'll put old Melvin Gordon in the backfield for you. So Drew Locke, is he going to break out this year and be the new hotness? Or is he already trending toward old and busted? I think you have to put him in in the, the new hotness. But I, I don't love him as much as everybody else does. Everybody's on this dude's jock. Like, he is just... He is the prettiest girl, and I just think he's the prettiest girl in a in a dark bar that's in a, a seedy part of town. That's the the kind that Shane that you would find Shane at. He he's in there like swimwear. I don't know. I mean, it, the problem is the dude's shown me nothing that says he's going to be old and busted. Like he he wasn't excellent. I mean, he didn't. He only threw for over two hundred yards in two of the five games he played last year. Uh, but you know. If you're going to only throw three interceptions in five games and they were all the first three, then you didn't get any of the last two. Not too bad. And they gave you everything you could ever want. And here's the thing. If my man does not perform with everything that he has going on, he is never going to. And you will know very quickly what his situation is. What about you, Shane? Are, are you on team Drew Locke or have- no? Yeah, it have to be. Just the situation, like Jerry was saying, like he's got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, like just those three alone. That's a hell of a trio. And then you add in Melvin Gordon. And then just for shits and giggles, they gave him his uh, his college uh, tight end, Albert Ogobuda. And, um, you know, you still got Philip Lindsay there, Royce Freeman. Like just it's an embarrassment of riches. Like you said, K.J. Hamler. Like K.J. Hamler is like, what, the sixth option on that offense? I mean – if if he he almost has to perform well like i don't see how he can't like if he's anything worse than the qb 14 i i think it's a a bad year like just that those cast of weapons i hate using cliches but just they're too good so he's going to be good i mean he has to be yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I was very concerned about the volume, but the one thing that I'm absolutely going to lean toward the new hotness with is, A, he plays in a defense that's going to be much better on offense. The Raiders invested in their offense. Everybody in the AFC West is chasing the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's got the weapons. And I'm looking at the stats of his new offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. So eight times out of 13 seasons – Pat Shermer's offense as the OC or the head coach has finished in the top 12 in pass attempts. And that's that's good news because last year there was not a lot of pass attempts to go around under, um, I don't remember the gentleman's name, it was Roger and it was a, an Italian name, but uh, I, I like the offensive coordinator. I, we've seen good things out of Pat Shermer. Not everybody can be a great head coach. I, I will say that for sure, but, right. as, a, but as an OC, He's, I mean, you're familiar with him, Shane, from, from his time in, in Philly. You know, as the OC in Philly, he was sixth in pass attempts, sixth in pass attempts, fifth in pass attempts, and he coached Case Keenum to his best season as a pro. We saw Daniel Jones have a much better than expected rookie season under Pat Shermer, and you know that Vic Fangio, the head coach, is not going to be meddling in the offense as he's more of a defensive guy. So for those reasons, you have the weapons, you have a – an offensive coordinator with a track record of helping not only offenses but quarterbacks, even 
ones that are elite, talented quarterbacks. For those reasons, I've got to call him the new hotness. All right, the Rams' backfield, man, there are so many guys. And there was a guy last year that in one QB leagues was a borderline, you know, top nine pick, and that's Daryl Henderson. So back to Shane, man, Daryl Henderson, is, is he going to have some new hotness or is he going to be old and busted already due to the arrival of a man named Cam Akers? Yeah, no, nah, he's dead. Um, he's like beyond old and busted. He's, he's like dust. Um, Cam Akers, and I've said this before, Cam Akers out of the, the big five running backs is the one that scares me the most. Um, but I still think he'll run circles around Daryl Henderson. I mean, the, the Rams showed you what they think of him. You know what I mean? Like they, they saw what they saw last year and said, you know what? We need to go running back again. And uh, they got one that, you know, his skill set is, is a three down back. Um, I know Sean McVay is talking about using a four man committee, a five man committee or whatever, but that, that's about as obvious as coach speak as you'll hear. Um, just like, you know, Ronald Jones being the, the starter for uh, Tampa Bay. It, it doesn't really matter what a coach says today um, because Cam Akers is just that much better than Henderson. Henderson will be a nice change of pace back. Um, I think he's a guy that sometimes can give you some flex. And if Cam Akers ever goes down, well, great. But not while Cam Akers is healthy. That's his backfield. What about you, Jerry? I see you nodding your head. For those not watching uh, the video version, Jerry has got his trucker hat on backward. This is, for the, this is for the audio audience. And – uh, it's a trucker cap. Jerry, old and busted, or is he going to have a shot at the new hotness in 2019? Breaks my damn heart, but I, I'm going to say old and busted. Personally, he's the guy that I want just because, I, like Shane said, like he said, he's he's the scariest of the big five running backs. I just don't like him out, out of the big five running backs. I think he struggled way too much in college for me to think he's going to somehow be this miraculously you know, efficient dynasty asset. I just I don't see it. But also, like Shane said, they, they told you exactly what they thought about him when they took Cam Akers in the second round. You don't do that if you think you have the guy that you're going to use. You have to look at all of the flags that pop up, and that is a giant one. I like Daryl Henderson because I think he's going to be the cheapest, and I really don't think either of them are going to be worth a whole ton. I think there's more sizzle than steak for Cam Akers. And he's much cheaper, but as far as relying on either of them, I'm just I'm not on board. So I have to say, old and busted. If you can get out from under it, which it's gonna be tough because that perception is just down in the dumps. But I, I would try anything really. You know, sometimes you have to look at the obvious, and the coaching staff, to Shane's point, is telling you exactly what they think about this running back room. They had five, I believe it was five starters lost on defense between the retirement of uh, Waddle and the, the loss of in, in free agency. And they used their best pick, number 52 overall, on Cam Akers. That should tell us a lot. And it was reported that part of the reason why Daryl Henderson didn't see the field a lot last year was because he had a very difficult time picking up the offense. Now, maybe he'll have a better grasp of it in year two. I'm not so sure if if I'm taking Daryl Henderson anywhere, it's in a best ball league, you know, like that third to the last round, second to the last round type pick that I know that because I know he's going to have like a 29 point game between COVID and injuries and everything. He's going to in his speed and, and his big playability. He's going to have that game where he has, you know, a couple of long touchdown runs. But good luck guessing when that's going to be. 
So I would much rather only have him in best ball, whether that's a, a seasonal or a dynasty best ball. Outside of that, he is definitely old and busted for me. So I've got these guys warmed up. I've got another handful for him. We've got a good lather going on him. Uh, so let's go into the guy that, as we record this show live on Wednesday and go to audio on Friday, Ronald Jones came out today that Bruce Arian said that he is, quote-unquote, our main guy, and it set Twitter afire. Shane, right back to you, man. Are you on Ronald Jones as 2020 is going to be his year of the new hotness, or is he old and busted and you're looking at options like Keyshawn Vaughn or Darway Agumbawale? Yeah, no, Rojo's been my guy, man. I was going back to last year. I was beating the drum for Rojo, but the problem is, is Bruce Arians is um, a jackass. So what's going to happen is at some point Rojo is going to miss a block and then Rojo is not going to be the starter anymore. Or even if he is the starter, guess what? He's going to miss a block in a game and then he's going to sit him down like he did last year, regardless of the fact that, you know, he was wicked efficient as a receiver and as a running back. Um, If it was just based on talent and skill, um, I'd say it's his year to break out. Bruce Arians, being the jackass that he is, is going to end up benching him at some point for the less talented, the less explosive, but better blocking Keyshawn Vaughn. All right, Jerry, uh, we're going to go to one of your faves here in just a second, but uh, tell me about Ronald Jones. Uh, see, like if we're going to talk about the most polarizing players in fantasy right now, like I can... I'm I'm sick of hearing about Ronald damn Jones because that's all we ever talk about. But I, I think Shane's right. I, it, he, he's been okay. I think it's either super popular to be on him or just, or he's like the Mitchell Trubisky of running backs. Like if you don't even slightly like the man, then you think he's the worst asset in the game. And I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. But I, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to villainize Bruce Arians like that. I mean, I mean, Rojo had a thousand yards and he, and he was super efficient in the passing. I think he had like 30 catches and like 300 yards or something. So, I mean, he, he can do everything that needs to be done and Tom Brady can get it to him. That's the good news. If if he does end up liking Rojo and he does just feature the man, then he's going to just go bananas. I don't know. It's good. This is the one that I don't know, which is why I usually don't mess with Rojo just because that's such a volatile situation. And Shane, you know, off the top of your head, how old he is. I know he's super young. Oh, um, 20, no, 23. 20, 23. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah, very he young. Came out young. Uh, see, so, I mean, let, let's say this dude gets 1200 yards, which is barely, barely better than what he did last year. It, it, that ADP is going to skyrocket. So he I, I, and he just turned 23 like uh, two days ago. So happy birthday, Ronald, if you're <laughs> Of course he yeah, listens. He, yes, obviously. So I, I can't call him old and busted. He's just – he's too he's too risky for me. Here, it, you know what? Real quick, that just talking about his age thing. So for Dynasty, you know what's great about him is that he's going to be a free agent by 25, um, if not before then. Um, or, you know, maybe Bruce Arians will get fired or retire again or something. But Rojo is definitely a guy I love getting thrown in as throwing and trades now. He's definitely a guy I still want to buy. Um, I just don't know if he's going to get the full run that he should next year. I, I think he's going to smash in spots, though. I think he'll do the same thing he did last year, where you're going to look up and you're going to be like, wow, why didn't he get more touches? And then you're going to hear, oh, he missed he missed a block. Go fuck yourself, Arians. <laughs> 
It, it, I think it's going to depend what he does early in the season. If my yeah. man just goes bananas in the first couple of games, then we are going to hear Rojo's name all season yeah. long. I, I, I'm of the – he's currently the, the new hotness that I would be looking to flip just because I, I have two cons and one pro. The, the pro is, is that with Keyshawn Vaughn on the COVID – uh, reserve list right now. He's getting all those first team reps with Tom Brady. But I want to go back to an article from last December in the Tampa Bay Times. And this is a quote from head coach Bruce Arians. He works his ass off and he's going to get better at it. But we need him running the football. But you can't run the football if you can't protect the quarterback. And he was saying that about like 20 something year old, you know, Jameis Winston, not 43 year old Tom Brady. And you can't get Tom Brady broken. The other thing is, is that I've never seen the weight gain, the, the offseason bulk thing ever pay off for, for fantasy purposes. I tweeted today on Wednesday, it's that, is it the Eddie Lacy bulk? Or was it the David Boston bulk? Because I, I've not seen this pay fantasy or on-field production dividends. He's a guy, when he came out, he was a 210-pound slasher. He had a draft profile very similar to Jamal Charles, and now all of a sudden he's 225 pounds. He's Marshawn Lynch. I mean, this, yeah. th this thing could go a lot of ways right now. So I, I don't like it when guys bulk up. It was 2018 and Amari Cooper, quote-unquote, balked up and had a very unproductive year that year prior to being traded to the Cowboys. So I, I, could I see him being the new hotness? Absolutely. If we look, we look back a year from now, in August of 2021, and this guy was the RB14 on the season, 0% surprised. If this was a guy who got Tom Brady blitzed and smoked in Game 2 and never saw the field again, and here come Keyshawn Vaughn, would not be surprised. So those range of outcomes, if you can get a, a serious offer for him and like a 2021 first, as hot as he is right now, that does not sound non-feasible. I would definitely take a look at it. Now this next one's for Jerry. So I'm going to start with Shane because th <laughs> this next guy was supposed to have been the new hotness for two years. He's had some bad luck, but I think we all like him. Shane, his name is Darius Geis. Oh, piss off. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna bet against uh, his history and say that somehow he'll stay healthy and play. You know, like twelve to fourteen games, and he's gonna smash. He smashed every time he's actually played. Just about. Um, you know, it's just the whole actually playing thing that's been his issue. All right, Jerry, defend your man's. No, I. I mean, he's right. I mean, I can't. I can't bust his balls for that. I mean, it. I don't think there's a person, and I say this every single time we talk about Darius Geis, there's not a person that plays this game that if Darius Geis plays 16 games will not help you win championships because he is a supreme talent. He has looked good every single time he has touched the football. But you got to touch the football. So it's, listen, I'm not a doctor. That's why we got Dr. Kyle to come on. He, he will tell you all about that, and he says – you know, that it's not as bad as some of the other injuries that we talked about uh, with guys. I'm going to trust him because here's the thing. Those classes, nah, I'm not taking them. I, I don't want to take any of those medical classes. Good good for them. Those are frontline heroes. Bless their hearts. I love Darius Geis, and you can piss off if you don't. I will take him, and I think it's it's a it's close between him and Juju of who I have the most shares of. So if they fall on their face, oh my God, I'm going to have so many bad teams that I'll be exploding <laughs> next offseason. 
if he falls on his face, we'll have an opener for you next year with the Hank Williams Senior Classic. There's a tear in my beer. But I, I, I have more reasons. So, like Rojo, I had one pro and two cons. With Geis, I have two pros and one con. Obviously, the, the knee issues are a concern, but it's structural. We saw Willis McGahee come back from, from knee situations and have a great career. We saw Frank Gore come back from major knee issues and have a great career. Why not Darius Geis? So that, that is the con, but the pro, man, to Shane's point, when this guy's on the field, he is a beast. I mean, he is a man amongst men, and it's not a lot of stats to put behind it at the pro level, but I, I like him. And then new offensive coordinator Scott Turner, son of Norv Turner, this family uses a bell cow. Now, as a rookie, Christian McCaffrey was the, I think it was the QB10, I'm excuse me, the RB10 in full point PPR, but under the Turner family calling the plays as the OC and the OC assistant, he went to the RB2 overall in PPR in 2018, and then last year, my man set records. So if Guy stays healthy and is the man, I know I know they got a running back room full of turds right now, but Geis is clearly the most talented guy, and I like Antonio Gibson. But if Geis is healthy, he will 100% be the new hotness in Washington for the Washington football team. All right, next guy, going to the wide receiver room. Christian Kirk, Jerry, the new hotness or old and busted? You know what? I know your take is more entertaining than mine, so I'm going to flip it and give it right back to you, my friend. What is your take on Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk is your classic don't piss on my shoes and tell me a training type guy. I, I liked him coming out, but we talked about this this uh, analogy earlier with Pat Shermer. Some, some people are born to be Batman and some people are born to be Robin. And if this team had thought that Kirk was Batman – they would have never invested in getting DeAndre uh, Hopkins, D-Hop, because they're going to have to pay that man. He's on the last year of his deal. He's making about $13 million. And I got news for you. If you think D-Hop's content making $13 million while he sees Julio Jones and Michael Thomas making around 18 to 20 oh, yeah, Amari Cooper, too, you're kidding yourself. So they're, they're going to pay the guy. And it's okay to be Robin, but people still believe – that he can do it. I, I think he's an ancillary piece. I think he'll have a best ball game or two like he did last year, that three touchdown bonanza. But for me, as the new hotness, no sir. I don't think you can consider DeAndre Hopkins new in any capacity other than he's new to that team. I don't think there is a new hotness in that wide receiver room in Arizona. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the solid hotness, but no, no new hotness for me on Christian Kirk. I, I, I think this guy is uh, more bum than, than the hotness. What about you, Shane? Where are you at with Kirk? I don't know if he's new hotness. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be what a lot of us hoped he was going to be. Um, I still think he can be a decent wide receiver three um, and give you wide receiver two weeks. Um, I'm going to call him the new notness. How about that? I'm going to equivocate, equivocate. I don't know. I don't know what that word is, but I'm going to use, try to use that word. But I'm, I'm just going to say he's, yeah, he's not the new hotness. That's for sure. And I like him. It's just, I don't, I don't see it happening there right now. Oh, what, 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 sad horn for, for Christian Kirk, but Hey, he's going to help Kyler Murray. Those of you that are heavily invested in Kyler, at least he's another weapon for that guy. Here's a guy that I really like. I'll start with him. Mike Williams of the LA chargers. I mean, he's had a 1,000-yard season. He's had a 10-TD season. 
can he put it together? He is coming off of his most targets in his career. He had 90 last year. I still don't know that this is a super high-volume offense, but part of the reason why I like him is they've already picked up his fifth-year option for 2021, and Keenan Allen will be 29 and a free agent in March of 2021. So maybe they're eyeing him as the wide receiver of the future. I, I know he's not necessarily killed it, but if you play in a, in a point-per-first-down league like the Scott Fishbowl 10 is this year where you get extra points for a first down, here's your guy. In 2018, he had 66 total targets. He had 43 receptions. 42 of them were for a first down. As, uh, as really good. Last year, he had 49 receptions. 41 of those targets were good for a first down. So maybe he can put it all together. I think his skill set fits a little bit better with the cannon of an arm of Justin Herbert than the noodle whip of my new quarterback, Phillip Rivers, here in Indianapolis. But I, I think he can still be the new hotness, and you may even see that this year. I mean, last year the guy averaged 20 yards a reception, just over. It's crazy. Jerry, I see you smiling, man. What's up with uh, you and Mike Will? Dude, I love Mike Williams. Uh, earlier Shane said that he is always trying to get Rojo thrown into trades. My dude is Mike Williams. He's going to be like 26 this year. Like you said, 10 touchdowns the one year, 1,000 the other. I, I mean, it's a little scary with Justin Herbert or Tyrod potentially, but like in a startup, I took him at, you know, the end of the ninth round. We're like a hundred and some picks into the draft and I can get Mike Williams there. A thousand yard receiver. That's keep counting, Shane. You're not going to get it. And then, it, <laughs> But it's I, man, he's my dude. And it's only because he's so damn cheap and you could just throw him in. He's your wide receiver five or something every time. And he has that flex potential, potentially wide receiver two. Easy, new hotness. I I am Mike Williams is another one of those dudes that I just have an unbelievable amount of shares of. I, I am dying to hear what Shane has to say about Mike Williams. I actually like Mike Williams too. I think doing as well as he did with Philip Rivers, who has been a shell of himself for about the past six years, um, is actually very impressive. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like him coming out of college, or maybe a lot of people did. I don't remember. I, I know a few people didn't like him. They thought all he was was a splash play, and that was causing people to buy into him. But I think he's shown that he's an he's excellent deep ball threat. Um, you know, last year he was underthrown so many times. It felt like every time I watched, uh, what do you call those people, the uh, Chargers, that there was at least, you know, two or three times that he was just underthrown, just completely underthrown by Rivers, where Rivers just threw to the wrong shoulder. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a wide receiver coach, so I don't know that the route, you know, which way the route was supposed to go. But I'm a guess that it was thrown to the wrong shoulder because Philip Rivers can't throw anymore. Um, God, God, God love him. He just, he can't. He loves throwing those YOLO balls, but he can't actually do it. So I, I'm kind of stoked to see what Williams can do with Tyrod um, and I and Justin Herbert. Um, I get some. I didn't watch a lot of Herbert in college, and I keep getting some uh, uh, varying uh, scouting reports on him. But uh, one of the reports I keep hearing is that he can throw deep. Um, so let's see what he does with Williams because Williams. I think there's more in that toolbox too. I just I, I like Williams a lot. So he's a guy. If I can get him cheap, I'll definitely take him. Yeah, I complete agreement. And the, the Keenan Allen thing cannot be overstated. This is dynasty. This is the, the long game. 
And if they do decide to let him walk because the salary cap gets reduced or he's asking for too much money or he gets an offer somewhere else he wants to go. And just for that reason, I'll just throw this in as a side note since we're, we're chatting. You know, don't be afraid to look for cheap KJ Hill on your dynasty waiver wire or if you haven't had your rookie draft late. And uh, Joe Reed is another name that's getting volleyed about in dynasty circles. So if you're looking for a cheap guy to throw on your taxi, those are a couple of cheap rookies that you can let set for a year and see if either one of these guys happens to pop. And if you double that down with Keenan Levin, could be really stuff, good stuff for your roster. Here's a guy that I'm, I'm really fascinated to hear. I will go last on this one. Jerry, Anthony Miller of them Chicago Bears. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I, <laughs> we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky, and he's going to be throwing to Allen Robinson. Plus, he's got Tariq Cohen back there. I just – so I'm going to think that this guy's just going to explode now. And he's he came out of the league at 24. He's like the Van Jefferson of that class. So the dude had like a 300-yard, seven-touchdown season. That came back down to earth. He grew a little bit in the yards, 600-and-something, and then like two touchdowns. I don't know. There's just nothing that I believe in in that offense that makes me want to invest and think that that's the guy that's going to explode. I just He's a good talent, and I like him. And I have my oldest dynasty league. I took him in the second round, and I've just been holding on to him. And he's just sitting on my bench. He's never played a game. And I'm starting to believe that he is never going to see a starting lineup for that team. But I'm going to hold on to him. So, but so I, I, I'm, it, you're leaning old and busted. I, I can just hear no, it. No, 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 no. I'm fully in the old and busted. I just, I, I don't want it to be true. That's the problem. Like, it, it's a predicament that I'm in. My heart wants Anthony Miller to hit because I loved him as a prospect. But my brain just says, he's a bum. And nothing is going to happen with him. Hurtful. What about you, Shane? The, the new hotness, is he a, a chance to break out in year three, or is he uh, already headed for old and busted? I mean, what, what do you consider a breakout at this point, right? Um, do I think he'll ever be a wide receiver too? No. Um, geez, and I didn't realize how mediocre he was last year. He only scored eight points a game. Um, okay. He's got a couple donuts in there. I mean, just – I don't know. It looks like the ceiling's not that high and the floor is pretty low. Um, not really what I'm looking for. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Anthony. You're busted, my dude. Uh, another guy who hit, hit us with some hurtfulness. So he, he was a guy who has not done a lot of starting. And it was really what made me think that he could be the new hotness there is also Allen Robinson is going to be a free agent this coming offseason. And if you go back to week 10 – or yeah, it was week 10. They'd been past their by at that point. And he went on a bit of a run. And I believe it was because Taylor Gabriel, who's no longer a bear, was out of that roster. And over those last seven games, he had 55 targets. And, you know, he converted over 32 of those. So, you know, he was averaging about four and a half receptions for 65 yards a game. He only had two touchdowns in that stretch, but it was his only two touchdowns of the season so that gave me a glimmer of hope in a team that has taken some hits due to COVID opt-outs this year and again just looking a little bit further down the road yeah I don't love Mitch Trubisky uh, but I don't love Nick Foles much either even though he won my man Shane and his Eagles a Super Bowl a couple of years back uh, I'm not going to call him the new hotness but I'm not going to call him the old and busted but if I had to pick one I'm going to say the new hotness 
he's a guy that I'm invested in, and I, I think we're going to uh, see some more things this year, especially with him as the full-blown wide receiver two next to uh, Allen Robinson there in Chicago. So, all right, let's go to tight ends. This next one's going to hurt some feelings. It's going to break some hearts. Uh, he was given a new teammate in the, the tight end room in Cleveland, David Njoku. Jerry, David Njoku, can, can he still be the new hotness, or is he just – he just old and busted. David Njoku is only 24 years old. He had a 50-catch, a 600-yard season. He's definitely shown us things, and I am 100% messing with all of you. No, that dude is old and busted and not worth a damn thing. Uh, sorry, bud. They brought in Austin Hooper. They have O.J. Howard. Or O.J. Howard. Good God. Odell Beckham Jr. They have Jarvis Landry. Baker Mayfield is not going to win any fantasy championships because that dude is mediocre as all hell. No, I'm I'm good on David Njoku. No, thank you. That's what I think of David Njoku. Uh, a guy who was a first-round pick in a lot of Dynasty's uh, tight end premium drafts that year. I remember he and a guy we're going to talk about in just a minute were going in that 108, 109, 110 range. Wasn't he a first-round NFL draft pick, too? That is correct. They traded that is a that very team. Detroit Lions move. Good for you, Cleveland. The two organizations that are just premier organizations in the league doing dumbass shit like that. I, t- I mean, to me, the bigger, bigger mistake on their part was looking at last year and going, you know what? He was really injured. We had a shit head coach. We should probably give up on this guy, um, even though he just dropped, you know, the year before that, uh, close to 60, 56 receptions and uh, 639 yards. Um, but Cleveland being Cleveland was like, you know what? Let's go make Austin Hooper the highest t- paid tight end in the league. Okay. Um, and then, you know what? We're going to, we're going to get ahead and just, um, we're going to, exercise the fifth year option on Njoku because we're really a bad organization thrown through and we just need to show you. I love Njoku. Uh, he's still just 24. He's going to be one of those tight ends that it's going to happen on his second team. And that's fine. Um, it's not going to happen in Cleveland. You're playing the long game. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy, I mean, it's going to be I mean, he's hard. Deep too. Yeah. It's kind of, it's going to be hard with COVID in 2020 with playing, you know, roster juggling. Um, that I'm sure is going to happen, but he's not a guy that I want to let go. He's definitely a guy I'm, I'm trying to buy up in places and just throw him on the back of my roster and just look, even if he gives me like an Irv Smith type of season next year, you know, cause he'll be the second in that, um, you know, that a lot of 12 personnel that Cleveland's probably going to run. Uh, Hooper's a better blocker. So if they keep Hooper in, I mean, Njoku should be the one that's running routes. And without Freddie Kitchens there, hopefully Stefanski will notice like, oh, wait, this guy's really good. Like maybe we shouldn't have given Austin Hooper all this money, but we did. So, oh, well, I'm just going to play Njoko anyway. But either way, I, I love Njoko. I still think he's got a ton of upside and he's a tight end. He's still only in his third year, um, fourth year. We don't expect tight ends to break out usually until what, like year four, year five. I like I said, there's been enough tight ends that have broken out on their second team that I think that's going to be what happens with Njoka. He he is definitely leaning more toward old and busted, but given his athletic profile and his age, he could be the new hotness at age 26, which is roughly the age that George Kittle is right now, and still give you four to five really good years of production, even two years from now, on what will probably 
be his new team. And I will say this, new head coach Kevin Stefanski last year as the play caller in Minnesota had two tight ends on the field 74% of the time. So he's going to get work, and he, he changed his tune. He had demanded a, a trade and then came back just this, this week and said, hey, no, I'm happy in Cleveland. I've been assured I'm going to have a role. And I'll be curious to see what it is. I, I think Baker does better in the middle of the field. I don't think it's going to make Odell Beckham Jr. happy, just like it didn't make Stephon Diggs happy last year in Minnesota. But this cat's definitely going to have a role, and it may not be huge for fantasy, but it's going to give you enough hope that you'll want to hang on to him. So for today, going into 2020, got to lean old and busted, but definitely don't throw him away or just uh, you know throw him into a trade. And, and then how about, the, how about the guy also from the first round of the 2017 draft class? What about O.J. Howard? Jerry, O.J. Howard. I mean, they they traded for Gronk, who's, what is he, 32? He retired. He came back. He's Tom Brady's boiling. If we're going to talk about Daryl Henderson and how we have to look at all the signs about everything, O.J. Howard's one of those people, too. I just, I, I like O.J. Howard. He's, and he's unbelievably cheap. And not, not quite as cheap as Njoku, so it... I can't really have differing opinions on these two, but for whatever the hell reason, I sort of do. They're both in the exact same situation, and they're same draft class, I think. Pretty close in age, and yet I sort of like O.J. Howard. I, I, I'm still going to call him old and busted just because that value has tanked. Oh, my God, has it tanked. But it, I think I'm sort of turned on Njoku. I think you both sort of convince me on that one if you can hold him on the back end of your roster and just hope that a young tight end can hit i think it's probably a smart idea i think i can admit when i am wrong it happens once every single segment we do but what, what about you shane are, are you uh are you just giving up on howard nope nope i love oj howard this is part of my hatred and disdain for uh bruce arians he is a jackass um <laughs> who does not no longer wears a kangle he wears his ass as his hat um oj howard in his uh rookie season average 16.6 yards per reception um did the same exact thing the following year and bruce arians looked at that and said you know what that's a guy that doesn't need to get targets. Um, that's a guy that needs to ride the bench. Um, and we should feature Cameron Brait more often. You know, dip shit. Um, I, I, again, yeah, he's going to be a guy that, okay, Gronk's there. Gronk's washed, whatever. Gronk and Brady can play together for two years. OJ Howard can be out of there. After this season, they could actually cut him with no dead cap space. Um, and I'm hoping that's what happens because, again, he's another guy. As soon as he hits that second roster or a better head coach that's like, hey, I have this guy that's like 6'6", who runs like a 4'5". I should probably use him as some type of mismatch, right? Some some offensive mind's going to look at that and realize that's what they should do um, just because Kango Head can't figure it out. Um, so I'm still – O.J. Howard's another guy. Back in my roster, yeah, that's fine. You stay there, buddy. I still believe in you. He's a guy that I'm actually looking to buy before the season. Now, I know that Arians, true to his uh, – it's not always good to fall for the coaching you know, corollary, but they picked up his 2021 option. They're going to pay this man $6 million next year. And I, if, if you're banking on O.J. Howard and you like the talent like Shane does and like I do as well, 
man, I'm banking on Tom Brady. And I really think you're going to see a lot of what they did in New England back when Aaron Hernandez was out of jail and alive and paired up with Gronk. I, I think it may come at the detriment at times to Chris Godwin, who may not always be lined up in the slot because you're going to see a little bit more, probably a lot more to be dead honest with you, 12 personnel down here in New England. And remember, if, if you can keep in more tight ends, Gronk's a very willing blocker. I don't remember if O.J. Howard's the greatest blocker, but I know Gronk can for sure. That was one of his uh, calling cards late in his career in New England. And at the worst case, you're going to have a guy who will be going into his age 27 season as a free agent in 2022. And, you know, much like a guy like, you know, Hayden Hurst, maybe he could wind up in a really good situation with a team that would feature him and give him a chance. So he's not going to be the new hotness, but he's not old and busted and deserves to be thrown away. All right, Shane, last one. Jonu Smith, he's been the bell of the dynasty and fantasy world. Is he going to be the new hotness? No. Or the old and Oh. Sorry, I couldn't even let you get to the old busted. Where the fuck do we think these targets are coming from from this goddamn offense? Like, what the fuck, people? Come on. A.J. Brown was, you know, a wide receiver one for those weeks. Not because of the target volume, because he absolutely was, like, hyper-efficient. He was doing things that we just don't see people doing. Um, so we think for some reason they're 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 going to turn away from Derrick Henry, right? And they're going to what become a, a team that passes the ball thirty five times a game? Is that what they're going to do? They're not going to do that. They're going to be in the bottom third of the league in pass attempts, like they always are. I like Johnny Smith. I think he's wildly talented and physically gifted, but that doesn't matter. There's going to be thirty passes a game. If they could throw the ball ten times a game, they would fucking do it in that offense. So, uh, yeah, no, he's old and busted. Again, not not due to anything in his control, but just because that offense is just going to limit it. Like, it's A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and uh, that's it. It's only people from that offense you can count on. Listen, new rule. I get to talk first. How in the hell do you want me to follow all of that? Come on. Disagree. Look, just disagree yeah, with all of it. I, I the like I, That's a good argument, though. How am I going to disagree with it? Like I, I like Johnu, and if and if he would have asked me first, I would have said he's the new hotness. And then you let Shane talk. Hey, those are all good ass points that I, I can't really argue with. The efficiency on Tennessee when we did our our three team parlay, Randy and I, we both said that that was just it was not repeatable. The, the efficiency was too absurd, and that offense was going to come back down to reality a little bit. I am not going to call him old and busted because I think that situation. He's a young, great, talented tight end like you said and he's got time it, going into 2020 sure i think i would lean towards old busted because I, I think you're right i think there's going to be a lot of disappointment in that offense and i think aj brown is included in that but i do like the man long term and whether he's there when ever they decide to get a quarterback that's not ryan freaking Tannehill, or you know he he goes somewhere else i think he is going to be a good tight end but I do agree that people need to temper their expectations for 2020. That man's uh, ding dong does not touch his knee. You got to slow it down a little bit. Well, that, that escalated quickly. I, yeah. I, I, for me, I was hoping that, that someone would sway me because I could see this both ways. I mean, for, for of the, you know, this team was in the bottom third of the league in pass attempts. Between, uh, I started to say Stafford, but Tannehill and Mariota, 
but I, man, it, it could be. He could be the number two option behind A.J. Brown. It, it could be Adam Humphreys. It, it could be even Corey Davis. I don't think so. I don't trust any of those guys. And, you know, I, I, I think part of the tantalizing part of this is equal parts his athleticism and what we remember a couple of years ago, what this team did with Delaney Walker. And, man, there's such a wide range of outcomes but at his cost, I'm, I've, I've got to lean toward the old and busted side. Um, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a bust. We, we use the term. No, I mean, I mean look, tight ends are such a cluster right now. Like anything could happen with any of those middle tier tight ends. Like if he finished as tight end five, I wouldn't be surprised. If he finished as tight end 18, I wouldn't be all that surprised either. You just have to, the problem is, is you're not paying tight end 15 numbers or tight end 18 numbers for that dude. You're paying new hotness and it's, it's souped up hotness. And I don't, I think that's unjustified. Well, I I appreciate the, uh, the time we took to talk about some of these guys. I mean, it's make or break time for almost all of these guys. I think Drew Locke might be the one guy who gets an extra, an extra year or run, especially in us. Super flexors. We, we like quarterbacks and, you know, teams are supposed to try to win with quarterbacks on, on the rookie deal. And Drew Locke's got as cheap a one as you're going to find because he was a second round pick, not a first round pick like Sam Darnold. But man, we couldn't have Shane on here without talking about a few trades. So Shane, you got three or four trades in you? I certainly do. All right, let's go to a 12 team PPR super flex tight end premium from Matthew Big Chest. He wants to know Lamar Jackson and Naheem Hines or Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, and a 2021 first. Hmm. Um, how many starters? Uh, 12 team. I'm going to say 10. I'm, he didn't tell me the number of starters. He gave me the, the, the number of owners and the score. They, uh, that's enough for Lamar. I'll take, uh, we said Baker, Chubb, and a first. Cut, cut, close enough. Uh, cousins, cousins, cousins. I don't. Yeah. Why did I? I because out there. because Baker is uh, striving to be the next Kirk Cousins. Um. Yeah. I think. Man. I don't know. I don't know. That's enough to get it done. Um. Depending on my situation, I probably would take that. I, I like that. I like Chubb and the first look. Man, that's beautiful right there. What about you, Jerry? I know there's a lot of guys. On, I know you, you've been acquiring a lot of Lamar this offseason, but I also know what a fan of Nick Chubb you are. I am. I, I think it depends on your team, but like I'm not, you know, I'm going to say in a vacuum because I'm boring and cliche like every other human being on this planet. But in a vacuum, I like Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb in the first. I mean, that's a good haul. You, yeah. you get a QB1, you get an RB1, plus you get a first, which – Maybe you'll shit the bet on it and it won't be worth anything, but if you trade it, it's at least going to have some value and that value is only going to increase the closer you get to the draft. Yeah, that's a deal. And Naheem Hines, <sighs> cool. That that ship has sailed. I'm good on that. No, thank you. That dude is worth nothing to me. This tra- That's why I did, shouldn't even have brought him up because this trade is just Lamar for Cousins, Chubb, and the first. Uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't even bring up Naheem Hines or whatever. That's just refuse. There's no reason to even talk about him. Well, I, I'm going to say that I'm on the same side as you guys. And Naheem Hines in this trade, he is that little piece of kale on the side of your plate. When you like, you get like a steak, he's the kale and the orange slice 
on the side of your plate that you get at breakfast at that Denny's. You just that take you your, don't ever eat and you're just pissed off that it's there. You just flick it off the side <laughs> of your plate. It's not of really real value. No one eats the orange slice. Uh, and I think Kirk Cousins, you know, he's coming off of his worst statistical and fantasy finish as a, as a QB. I think it'll be a little bit better even without Stephon Diggs. So I, I've got to take Nick Chubb in the first, but I think it's fair. I, I do want to say that. I, I think that the trade is fair for both sides. All right, this next one's a little wild because it's, uh, it's a lot for one guy, but it is a tight end premium and it is 12 owners. And this one's from Zach. And uh, someone got Travis Kelsey – and someone else got James Conner, A.J. Green, two 2021 firsts and a 2021 second. Shane, I, I, I see your uh, the calculator in your head uh, adding all this up. Yeah, I mean, I love Kelsey, but the two firsts are almost enough for him anyway. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, A.J. Green's whatever. James Conner, his RB1 upside, obviously, you're buying him low because – he barely played last year, but that's enough for me. I definitely sell Kelsey for that. What about you, Jerry? Not even close. Easily the package. It, I mean, James Conner is a borderline first round pick. Like, there's a real opportunity or a real possibility you could trade the 110 or 11 or 12 for him. Plus the two first. AJ Green, like Shane said, is he's whatever, but he's got a high upside. Plus the second. That's just, that's too much. That's that's too much for that deal. Travis Kelsey's nice. Travis Kelsey's 31. He's. he's He's a man amongst boys out there, but it, it, that's too much to pass up. Not even close for me. Too much to pass up. I am going to agree, even if James Conner and A.J. Green are only assets of any real value in 2020, uh, the two 2021 firsts are enough because you can always move those later for something else. And maybe this owner has a Mike Gusecki or a Jay Sternberger or a Blake Jarwin or a young tight end that he feels like he can get enough production out of and, and, and he wants to cash out and kind of compete because let's be honest, when James Conner and A.J. Green, a big if, but if they stay healthy, these are big contributors in, in a big way. And, you know, Travis Kelsey's like 31, 32 years old. And at some point you got to start doing that. Obviously he's a cheat code, much like George Kittle, but at that age and what I'm getting in return, fair deal, good deal, I'm taking the first. All right, we got we got two more. All right, this is from our buddy Zach. Uh, we have two Zachs, Zach Camps and Zach B. All right, we're talking Kenny G and the same Travis Kelsey. This is the Travis Kelsey pod. Or Hayden Hurst, Christian Kirk, and two 2021 first. Shane, what do you think? Kenny G and Kelsey or the package? Yeah, no, that's Kenny G and Kelsey. I mean, Hayden Hurst, Christian Kirk, and what was it, one pick? Two picks? Two, two, two first. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. No. I will not be arguing with you. No. Yeah, like, like if you split it up, all right, Kenny G for two first, maybe. I could see it. And then we're going to trade Kelsey for Hayden Hurst and Christian Kirk. I can't do that. Not in any way, shape, or form. So, no, I'm also on the Kenny G-Kelsey side. Pretty damn easy. All right. I got, I got one more from uh, a listener and – Another one. I'll throw in one that I did recently. All right. All right. 12 team PPR super flex tight end premium. Got people are playing in the Lord scoring format. That's good. Wants to know uh, Tyler Higby and two 2021 firsts. Uh, I think seconds. I, uh, seconds 
for Justin Herbert in a tight end, excuse me, in a, in a super flex. So Higby in two seconds. The, the one in 2021 throw me off. So Higby in two seconds for Herbert in a tight end premium, Shane. No, no, that, that's Herbert all day. I mean, I know Higby went absolutely bananas to end the year. Um, people forget that Gerald Everett was actually the one that they wanted to go bananas in that offense. Um, besides the fact, it's super flex, dude. I mean, Herbert, it, it doesn't really matter if you like him that much as a prospect because the Chargers did. And they drafted him early in the first round. And I, that's not even close to me. Like, there's seconds. Like, you shove them up your ass. You better be coming at me with some first when you're trying to get a quarterback out of me in a, in a super flex league. Gerald? I will climb to the top of the Empire State Building like King Kong and sing the praises of Tyler Higby for all to hear. But under no circumstances am I trading that for a quarterback in a super flex league. People undervalue quarterbacks when they are inexperienced in Superflex leagues, and it only takes one time. It takes you one time to have a quarterback problem in a Superflex league to realize their value. And uh, it, and this is just this would be one of those situations. I I even I like. Tyler Higby so much more than Justin Herbert, but the value is just not there because all it takes for that dude to do is have one good game as a rookie. If he has a good game in the first three games, that price shoots up. And what's going to happen if Tyler Higby has a good game? Well, we already saw him have five good games and people still love to hate the man. The, the increase <laughs> piss off Shane. It, it, it just, it, no, the, the potential outcomes and the increase in value is so skewed towards Justin Herbert that I'm easily taking that side. Yeah, J- Jerry stole a great point, and I'm, I'm both shocked and amazed. I'm shamazed. But I, I am also a card-carrying member of the Tyler Higby fan club, and I firmly believe that he can do it again. And I also believe that they drafted Bryson Hopkins to be the replacement for Gerald Everett in 2021 when Everett becomes a free agent. But all that being said, Jerry's right. You don't know that you have a quarterback issue until you have a quarterback issue. Shane and I are in a league together. We're in the uh, Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League, and I got two quarterbacks that I really, really like. I've got Deshaun Watson. I've got Jared Goff, but I didn't have a third. So I had to give up a 20-21 second and some fab to Izzy of the Dynasty Trade Calculator to get Mitch Trubisky. You know, and the only reason why I'm taking Mitch Trubisky is I think he's going to be the starter, and both of the other two guys have early enough buys that I think Mitch will still get me through. Jerry's right. You don't know that you have quarterback issues until you have quarterback issues. All right, my trade, and we'll get out of here on one because um, we shared one of Jerry's last week, and we'll share one of mine this week. So uh, I traded DeAndre Swift and Keyshawn Vaughn and got back Josh Jacobs. Obviously, the scoring format doesn't matter, but it is PPR. 12-team. See, I'd rather have Swift than Jacobs straight up. Um, Holy. Oh, 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 yeah. okay. So here's my issue with Jacobs, again, it's not him the player. It's what the Raiders are doing. It, they didn't target him much last year. And I just read somewhere, and I, I, I think it might have been fantasy data um, on their site, that Josh Jacobs didn't see a target on third down all last year, which is just ridiculous because the guy is an excellent receiver, right? That, that's what we saw on tape. That's what we thought. That's what the Raiders saw. But then they went out of their way not to use him in that role. Then they were like, you know what we should do? 
we, we should bring back Jalen Richard and then maybe bring in Devontae Booker too. And then this Lynn Bowden guy, we're going to make him a running back and he's probably going to catch passes too. So it's not that I don't like Jacobs. It's just, I don't like his situation. Um, and John Gruden's going to be there longer than probably the three of us are going to be alive. Um, so who knows when that'll change if ever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to take the DeAndre Swift side there. And, and saying that, being a running back for Matt Patricia is terrible. Um, but I think long-term, yeah, that should only be like a, a one-year hinder inflate, right, Chair? Well, if you want to talk about how much you hate Bruce Arians, <laughs> I will save all of you this next rant on Matt Patricia and his stupid pencil and his stupid, awful beard. I, I, I w- I'm going to say Jacobs just because I think I can get more for Jacobs. If I'm going to shop Jacobs, I think I can get more than Swift and Vaughn in a potential trade. But my nipples did get super hard when you said you would take Swift over Jacob straight up as the Honolulu blue and silver flag waves in my heart. That, that was wonderful to hear. Well, I, so, oh, so hold on. Sorry, Randy. So you, you love yourself some DeAndre Swift then. I, you know, he's, 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 I'd say he's the fourth running back of the class for me. Um, you know, obviously CEH is up there, Dobbins and, uh, what's the other guy's name? JT and, uh, then, then Swift, that, that would be four. That's how numbers work. Um, there's so definitely, you, you think all these guys are like bona fide RB ones coming. Uh, yeah. Really fast. It's hard. JK Dobbins is probably the one that won't do it this year. You know what I mean? With Ingram there. Um, but I can't imagine that Swift is going to have to deal much with carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson's going to take himself out of that. He's going to tap out. Um, he's already tapped out mentally from some of the things that he said. Um, and unfortunately his body is breaks down since he's been a high school kid. Like I did an article on him last year. So I know that he just, he's an injury history, whatever. If they're not all related, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just know the guy is consistently injured. Um, you know, it's funny is I didn't even care about Keyshawn Vaughn. Like he literally, like he means nothing to me, even though I know, you know, some drafts, rookie drafts, he was going at what, like 110, 111. Yeah. We thought, you know, oh, well, he's definitely going to be the guy there. Um, no, we're not so sure. But yeah, no, I, I like Swift. I definitely do like Swift. Look, I like Jacobs too. Don't get me wrong. I think Jacobs is going to be a low end running back one. And I think his upside is much higher than that. If they would just use him that way, it's just, I fear that they won't. And that coaching staff isn't getting going to turn over. Never. never. Well, th- this was not the, the point of the trade. Um, Kyle, Dr. Kyle on the gambling, the fabulous big bet podcast with me, you know, he made, he made a season long prop bet getting 19 to one that Josh Jacobs would be the the league leading rusher in the league and that's a that's an offense that's returning all five offensive starters on the offensive line and Vic Tafer of the Athletic posted this on Twitter the other day that uh, it chapped John Gruden's ass that Kyler Murray won the offensive rookie of the year and not Josh Jacobs and that he has every intention of featuring Josh Jacobs in every way possible to show the media how much they missed on this kid now I didn't make the trade because of that but I can tell you it didn't hurt my feelings none when I heard that John Gruden had said that at the open portion of the media day the other day. And I drafted Keyshawn Vaughn Shane at the 202 in our Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. I needed a little running back depth. Uh, maybe, just maybe, 
Uh, he'll he'll get a chance. Maybe Rojo gets Tom Brady killed after all. And speaking of killed, man, you you, you guys have been killing it at the HQ. Tell us who's been on. Tell all these people to go back and look for some of the big names you've had on, and then maybe some uh, some people that could be on the horizon if you're able. Yeah. So we had um, a couple of weeks back. We had a fun panel when Sipes was off because basically we needed to make up for the fact that Michael Sipes wasn't there. We had like Chris Allen on. Um, Spaceman Dave Wright, uh, Sam Holt, Katie Flower, who we have on all the time. We love Katie. We've had Scott Barrett on a few times, Grant Barfield. Um, there was an ESPN guy in there at some point. Um, uh, geez, you put me on the spot. I can't remember people's names. Bob yeah, Harris. So, so many Bob people. Harris. He doesn't even remember. <laughs> Bob Harris, who, who we love. Um, we just had Andy Singleton, our buddy, on. Um, a virtual upcoming. who's who yeah i mean upcoming i'm you know i'm looking to get some like i said some new voices that we haven't had a chance to talk to before like we're gonna have stepmom lauren on at some point um hopefully soon um dingus always uh is uh he's always talking about coming on we might have to actually get him on one day i look i i don't know man jeremy does all the booking he just gets these 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 people that i'm like oh wow i get to talk to this person that's pretty cool um and then apparently I, I forget who they are when I go on another podcast and can't remember their names. So, so I, I've just learned you are officially the Jerry of your own podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm the most replaceable member of uh, the HQ uh, by far. Uh, I don't do any of the editing. I have any of the booking. Oh, yeah, I no, do, you're Jerry. <laughs> I do promotion and I'll add shit to a show sheet. And uh, like I just discovered like two weeks ago that apparently Jeremy and Michael talk for like 40 minutes before the show, every show. And, uh, it was wonderful to me. I jumped in for the first time, like two weeks ago. And, uh, I was like, wow, this is, this is great. We should do this more often. And they're like, we do this every week, Shane, you never come. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, maybe I will. I haven't been back since. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> it's good. It's good to know that you're invited. It's good to know yeah. that if you want to, that's a kind I, of show up. I mean, like if I wanted to contribute to the show more, I definitely could. Um, no, yeah, I mean, the best part about that show is getting to talk to uh, Jeremy Brown and um, Michael Sipes every week. Seriously, you know, they just the three of us kind of fit together. You know, um, I don't know that anyone else could put up with the bullshit that they put up with dealing with me on a weekly basis. Um, and that cuts, you know, all three ways. You know how it is with your co-hosts. You know, you, you love them more than anyone else could, and. Some days you want to punch them in their dick, but um, they'll, they'll, they'll always be your, your brother. Yeah, th that's how I feel about Jerry. I can make fun of Jerry, but you right. can't make fun of Jerry. That's <laughs> right. th that's how family works. So speaking exactly. of family, man, you, you've always been part of ours from, from the dynasty and fantasy standpoint. You've been like a big brother to both of us, and, and thank you for jumping on and contributing to our pod. Oh, man, thank you for having me on. I love coming on. Um, you know, I did say last week, like, I'm just going to cut back on appearances because I got tired of hearing myself talk. But not this one. You know, you, you ever want me to come on, I'm coming on. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, Jerry, you got anything before we wrap up? Nah, listen to the HQ. Jeremy's for awesome. Sure. Jer I mean, Jeremy will talk shit about Michigan fans, so that, that makes me feel happy. Sipes is a cool dude that he will talk about anything. And that, that's what makes him awesome. Shane's the man. I mean, Shane's been the man since I he created a Twitter. If that says anything about how long I've known the man. Randy, you're pretty cool, too. 
Don't don't lie to these people on the way out. But on behalf of Jerry, Shane, and myself here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll be back here on Wednesday with more Dynasty Talk. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.